Oh, I'm reading about white elephants. What does that have to do with anything? It has to do with the thing we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, you'll have to clue me in later. It's a it's a term. It's not really talking about elephants. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. I thought you were going to be talking about white elephants. Well, the term is white elephant. Or like the gift exchange. Where you bring your trash gifts to work <laughs> and give them to someone else, but yeah. they're wrapped up and everyone thinks they want something cool, but all of it's garbage. No, isn't the point of white elephant everyone knows it's bullshit? This is Reed. I'm married to Abby, and I know about physics. Hi, this is Abby. I'm married to Reed, and I don't. Welcome to Family Antimatters, the science podcast from both ends of the spectrum. Hey, welcome to Family Antimatters. This is episode two. Yes. Hi, I'm Reed. I'm Abby. And uh, between episode one and two, we actually took a little bit of a break. You want you want to tell them why? Um. So we went to Shanghai. Yeah, we spent about ten days in China. It was cool. It was for Reed's um, job. Actually, yeah. he uh, was invited to speak at a workshop, not <laughs> conference. If Anyone from the workshop, not conference, is listening to this um, for like accelerator operators. And uh, let's have Reed talk a little bit about it because I fucked off during during the <laughs> workshop. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you're in a brand new place. Um, yeah, it was the workshop on accelerator operations. Wow. Uh, it was really cool. I gave a talk on use of machine statistics in improving accelerator efficiency, basically collecting numbers, figuring out what the hell your machine's been doing, figuring out like what's been going wrong and having numbers to back up what's been going wrong for making decision-making, making decision-making. Cool. Cool words. Yeah, good, good phrase. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was really proud of Reed. He apparently did a great talk, which I wasn't surprised about. And yeah, uh, I got to tag along mostly because I forced myself to go. You forced yourself into my cadre. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're going to China for 10 days. Me too. I'm, I'm also going because I've never been. Um, so uh, it was really cool. Yeah. It, um, what was your favorite part about it? Uh, of the workshop or of China? Um, China. The stuff that we ate. Yeah. Holy crap. We like went food adventuring. Uh, we actually took a guided tour of the Shanghai night markets. Yeah, shout out to Untour Shanghai for that awesome <laughs> food tour. Yeah, so they took us to all of the non-tourist spots where, of course, we were, you know, a group of awkward white people from various countries. And me, who's <laughs> Asian, not white. But still. But still. And, uh, yeah, we met a bunch of people and drank a bunch of things and ate a bunch of things that we probably would not have known about otherwise. And we had snake, and we had crawfish, we had lamb. Um, we yeah. had a lot of really shitty beers. Um, China, you're great, but your beers are all terrible. Oh, your beers are like 2% and they taste like pee. Yeah, they're, I mean, they didn't stop us from drinking them because like you take what you can get, but yeah, it was bad. It just bad. means you drink like eight beers and then end up 
more sober than when you started. Yeah, you're basically <laughs> just like a bloated person in humidity, just like <laughs> walking around drinking a 2% beer, wondering what your life is about, and you're jet lagged, but it was still awesome. So. Wait, we didn't talk about my favorite part yet. Oh, I'm sorry. What was your favorite part? Well, the food was good. <laughs> well no okay well i got to spend a lot of time on my own and that was really cool and um getting out of my comfort zone was really like eye-opening because i've actually haven't been to a country uh where i didn't speak the language at all wait this was your first one well yeah because yeah i guess you're right because i've been to costa rica but they speak spanish and and, like understand uh, spanish and it's like it's romanized right it's like a latin-based language so yeah at least we understand the alphabet yeah (laughs) it's like china was the first one it's the first i've ever been away from home like ever since i was a kid because i haven't been to the philippines since i was like a kid time zone wise it was exactly opposite we were 12 hours yeah around the clock yeah and so that just being out of my comfort zone but then you know what my favorite actual part was we went to Shanghai Disneyland. Yeah, Shanghai Disneyland was fucking dope. And I think that if you are <laughs> ever in China, you should go check it out. Oh, it's totally worth seeing. Like, Abby's a giant Disney head. Me, no. Much, what? Low key Disney trash. <laughs> <laughs> As you wish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she absolutely loved it. I'm along for the ride, but I had a great time. As I do when being dragged to Disneyland or Disney parks. And holy crap, this was really cool. Yeah, it was brand new. It just opened in June. Um, I mean, I don't want to get too into it because we have talked about science and stuff. But it was really cool. If you ever get a chance to go to Shanghai, I really recommend it. Your American dollar will go further at this Disney park than at any other Disney park. And also... I forget if this is the case at every other Disney park, but their Mickey ice cream bars have chocolate in the ears. And that's amazing. Because <laughs> as far as I know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone's listening to this, that the ears are not made out of chocolate ice cream at the North American parks. It's a whole new world. It really is, oh, though. Mo- I was, like, freaking out. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You okay. actually were. I was. Cause they were, they were, that's such a game changer. <laughs> Chocolate ice cream in the ears. Anyway, only like three people will be like, Abby, you're so right. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so... um, So what we really came to talk about was Shanghai has a maglev train. Upon uh, landing at the airport, the way we got into Shanghai proper from the airport on the outskirts was we took this train. Um, It is one of, I think, three? Yeah, I think it's one of three. Magnetic levitation trains, you know, consumer grade in the world. And one of them is in Shanghai. Um, I will have to say, though, that... uh, So, Reed says it takes you from the outskirts of Shanghai to, like, the middle of things. No, it still puts you in the sort of outskirts of things. Well, okay, it puts you in the Pudong region, which is, like, the, you know, kind of business industrial... You're still, like, 16 kilometers away from the... (laughs) From the, um, but you're not in the middle of nowhere where the airport is. No, you're not. But you're still kind of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really cool, though, um, doing some research on this. Um, it goes a top speed of 430 kilometers per hour, which uh, f- I know that sounds fast, but it feels faster when it gets to that speed. Like, 
but smooth. It, yeah, it didn't feel that fast to me because there wasn't any like rattle or motion or sound or anything that I associate with, you know, standard going fast. You, you know what it kind of reminded me of? What's I, that? Okay, in like a lower grade scale. Okay, do you remember when we drove from Florida with the band and um, yeah. we were in that giant, what is it, uh, Ford uh, Explorer expedition, expedition, whatever. And we were going like 100 miles an hour. And it, and it didn't feel, feel like it at all. Yeah, it's like that because you don't really like feel like you're going super fast actually but then you're like looking out the window and everything is like whizzing by um so it goes about um hold on let me i had this up on wikipedia because it doesn't actually go that far which i think is super funny it goes okay it literally goes 18 miles 30 kilometers it goes 30.5 kilometers 18.95 miles in eight minutes in like seven eight minutes okay yeah it takes a little bit to get up to speed and then to slow back down so it's not going 420 kilometers an hour the whole time yeah but obviously oh yeah because that would be ridiculous (laughs) 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 um but yeah it feels crazy and then like um it does a really crazy banked turn um about two minutes in and you feel crazy where one of the windows is all land and looking out the other side window, nothing but sky. Yeah. That felt bonkers. Yeah, it did. So tell me, Abby, what, what is maglev? You, t- you tell me what you know. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> it uses magnets. <laughs> to what? To, um, uh, to... I have no idea, actually. So these things go really fast, obviously. There's, uh, they use magnets to like create like a frictionless environment to make it go super fast. Yeah. Right? So instead of normal trains having like wheels on the tracks or something like that, that wheel on the track makes friction. Yeah. And, you know, unless you're continually pushing, you'll slow down. So you remove the contact between wheels and tracks, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you can go a lot faster you don't have to worry about heat. You don't have to worry about, you know, noise, mm-hmm. shaking, several things. But, yeah, speed is the big one. Yeah, but because I'm assuming that, like, the magnets repulse each other. Repul- repulse? Repel? Repel. Repel each other. I don't know what the hell is repulse. Like, Re- 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 Rita Repulsa. Repulsor blasts? <laughs> yeah. R- repel each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, that's what creates that sort of, like, no, the no contact between the wheels and the track. There are two kinds, I think, possibly three in existence, like different systems. Mm-hmm. One of them is what you're talking about. The train itself wraps around the track, like it hugs it from the bottom. And what's keeping the train from touching the track is actually attraction between the part that's doing the hugging Mm -hmm. and the track itself. So it's pulling the train up up. the bottom of that hug up towards the track and it's lifting the train up. Cool. Yeah. The other side is what you're, or the other design is what you were talking about where you have magnets on the top, Mm -hmm. a magnetic field on the bottom and it's that repulsion that holds the train up. Um, So what makes it go? More magnets. That's okay. a really good question, though. Okay. Because this is the part that I think is so cool. What makes it go is electromagnets mm-hmm. acting 
as a servo. So what they do is vary the magnetic field of certain chunks of the track. Oh, yeah. We talked about this in China. Uh-huh. Yeah. So say your train has you know, a magnetic north on the front, a magnetic south on the back. You know, your, mm-hmm. your bar magnet that is your train is pointing north forward. Mm-hmm. So at a section of the track just in front of your train, you have a south pole. So it's pulling the front of the train. Yeah. And just behind the train, you have another oh. south pole yeah. that's pushing the train south pole. So you're pulling from the front, pushing, pushing from on the, the back. back. And then a couple seconds later, you know, once you pass that part, the tracks switch up mm-hmm. so that now that the train has moved, the part that's in the back is now pushing instead of pulling. And you've got a new section in the front so that's pulling. So that like sort of like pulsating push and pull, like changing that like makes it go super fast. Yeah. Because exa- it's, it's sort of just like it's like uh, if you have like a wind up radio and like you keep turning it faster and faster and faster. That kind of like reminds me of that. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like that motion. So if you're just watching that part of the field that's mm. in front of the train, it looks like it's moving down the track. Yeah. As well as that pushing field from behind. Mm-hmm. So it looks like the train is riding a wave. Oh, yeah. Okay. that's yeah. A, That makes sense. That's so really cool. Yeah, it really is like surfing on magnetic fields. Yeah. In so terms of the, you know, the making it go and stop. Mm-hmm. So my other question is, and also I think <laughs> I think what I know the answer to this is like, why aren't there more of these? And I think it's because of like high maintenance costs. Uh, maintenance costs aren't the the issue right now. It's development cost. Like this is still a really young technology. Yeah. And to build one of these lines, they're basically designing them as they go. Not entirely from scratch, but yeah, more or less. Um, so do you know the, uh, are you familiar with the the term Hyperloop? Yes, because we talked about it. Okay. So other people who didn't talk to me the other day <laughs> might, uh, might remember the term Hyperloop from a year, two years ago, something like that. It was this big thing talked about and proposed by Elon Musk, you know, SpaceX, Millionaire superhero boyfriend, supervillain boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. As uh, you know, a maglev in vacuum train line connecting LA and San Francisco that would supposedly, you know, get you from NorCal to SoCal in thirty five minutes. For context, getting from San Francisco to LA, um, I mean like if you take the five, you take like five and a half, six hours. Yeah, that's the fast way. Yeah, if that's the fast way. If you take the slow way, it's longer than that. It's like 10. Yeah. Or like eight or nine. But the long way is so pretty. It really is. It's so pretty. We did that drive this summer. But anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that that is like 100,000 times more fast. Also kicks the butt out of flying, it turns out. Yeah, flying sucks. If you can avoid an airport, sit on a train for 35 minutes and take a two-hour flight, that's dope. Yeah, I think that's dope. Also, Hyperloop sounds like an EDM festival. It does, though. We're like, yo, let's go to Hyperloop. <laughs> Drop a bunch of drugs in the desert. Yeah, let's go real fast. Wow. Maglev, it's the new Molly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. So, magnet trains. I can read some facts. You got some magnet train facts? Um, well, about the one in Shanghai specifically. Okay. Um, let's see here. So, 
they were basically doing this as a sales tool to try and build a longer, more comprehensive maglev train. So it was it was served as a demonstration for China to show that this works and can be used for longer distances, such as Shanghai to Beijing. Do you know who designed and built the Shanghai maglev train? Siemens. Germany. Siemens. Yes, so Siemens. Germany. <laughs> um, Siemens. <laughs> oh, come on. Is it Simons or Siemens? It's Siemens. Okay. <laughs> um, never not classy here on Family Anti yeah. Matters. <laughs> keep, keep it real, Abby. <laughs> um, but they said that they were just going to use conventional high speed technology for the Beijing to Shanghai um, high speed railway. Sort of like the same thing in Japan. Yeah. Japanese bullet train and mm. Japan is flirting with uh, maglev designs as well, mm-hmm. but their bullet train system works on like really high efficiency, just standard rail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, their their super fast bullet train is about the same speed as Shanghai's, but not maglev. Yeah, um, there were two commercial maglev systems that predated the Shanghai system. Really, there's one in Birmingham, in uh, the United Kingdom. And the Berlin M-Bahn. They were both low speed, and they closed before the Shanghai one. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, maglev. Pretty cool. Uh, let me see what the other ones are. The other maglev trains? Yeah. In March 20, 2005, Japan began operations of its relatively low speed HSST Linimo line for the 2005 World Expo. And then South Korea has theirs at the Incheon Airport maglev. Which only just began commercial operation on February 3rd, 2016. Really? Yeah. We're going to South Korea next? Do they have a Disneyland? <laughs> I have no idea. They don't have a Disneyland there. But Dis- I really Disney go Seoul? To no, there's no Disney Seoul. But I would really want to go to South Korea. That sounds cool. All right. They have good food. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But we could go to Japan, too. I got so many places to go. Yeah. Oh, don't even worry about it. For real. Um, so, yeah. Magnet trains. Yeah. But wait, okay, so they're not powered by, like, gas, are they? What? No, like, they're just powered by magnets? Yeah. Just magnets. Like, just uh, uh, like electricity and magnets. It's a lot of electricity. No, so no gas. I love no like, gas. What? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they fill it up with, like, a shell. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, that's part of what makes these things so cool is that you're not, you know, burning gas. You're not burning coal. You're not... I mean, cranking out all sorts of bullshit. I mean, you're still using electricity. Yeah, you're using power. You're not going to get anything without using power. Yeah. That's cool. But it's clean. Yeah. And it's a, yeah, it's a different kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, also, cool thing about the Shanghai Maglev is that it costs fucking $8. It's awesome. That's true. Yeah. I think a VIP ticket costs like twelve fifty. dollars <laughs> um, So. Hold on. I, I talked about electromagnets in terms of like how these things work. So obviously the trains are not, you know, built of bar magnets. The tracks are not bar magnets that turn back and forth. Do you know how electromagnets work? Tell me, how do magnets work? (laughs) Well, first of all, they're miracles. Yeah. Long neck giraffes and (laughs) rainbows and shit. No, honestly, I don't (laughs) know how an electromagnet works. Do you know how a bar magnet works? Magic. (laughs) <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> so I just it's like mag- magnetism is like one of those things I just have never questioned. I mean, that's not a wrong answer. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, that thing's magnetic because it's like made out of metal. 
And it's got like a charge or something. Okay. No, you're glancing at some good stuff. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm not stupid. I just haven't, I haven't taken a science Oh, I know. I'm, oh. I'm telling our audience. <coughs> <laughs> no, no magnet. even for like I, science types, like, magnets are one of those weird kind of things. Yeah, like if you're listening to this and you feel just as confused as me about this, you should email me. And tell me that Aww. I'm okay. <laughs> so Familyantimatters at gmail.com. So you said charge. Yeah, it's like a... There's, I know there's like a positive and negative. It's yeah. So there's an electric charge. It's a property of things. Mm-hmm. And things with charge interact in electric fields. So electricity, you know, electric fields. And magnetism, magnetic fields are really closely intertwined. Like, they're part of the same set of four equations that basically describes all of electromagnetism. It describes light, describes, you know, things interacting in fields, electric and magnetic, and it describes the interaction between electric and magnetic fields. Uh, Okay, so let's... Yeah. (laughs) What's the difference between a magnet and an electromagnet? So sum it up. A magnet, when we say, you know, a magnet, we're usually talking about like a permanent magnet, you know, a bar of metal mm-hmm. that is magnetized. What makes it magnetized? Long story short, the atoms inside the metal. Atoms themselves, you know, have a, a nucleus and an orbital, you know. Yeah. A bunch of electrons like swirling around. So those electrons going in a circle, those form, you know, you've heard the term spin yeah. in terms of atoms. So that's a vector of angular momentum. These things going in a circle, the changing electric field of the electrons going in a circle creates a tiny magnetic dipole. So that single atom acts like a bar magnet. So this metal is full of these tiny little bar magnets, and if most of them are aligned in a certain direction with one another, that turns that thing magnetic. So it's essentially magic. Kind of, except yeah. we can see it and kind of reproduce it. Uh, yeah, but like, expl- but like, it's just, it just kind of just seems kind of nebulous at the same time. We're like, it just happens. You know, the... Interaction between magnetic fields, like why changing electric field makes a magnetic field, why changing magnetic field makes an electric field, those are just kind of rules. I mean, if you want to call that magic, if you want to call that like like the universe, it just is. Primary colors. It's like you can't make uh, blue and you can't make red. It's just... It how just, it is. It just is. Yeah. Like you can't make yellow. Science isn't going to tell you why. It'll tell you how, though. Yeah. Why? I mean, that's up to you, man. It's just like <laughs> a base level thing, magnets and primary colors. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Okay, but what's an electromagnet? So an electromagnet is coils, like loops of wire, you know, some sort of conductor that have a lot of current going through them mm-hmm. that act like, you know, on a large scale those swirling electrons and create a magnetic field in the middle. Oh. Which means you can turn it on 
You can turn it off. Can you like? Mm, you can reverse it. Yeah. Yep. Is that what you use at your machine? Electromagnets. It is. Boom! I know something. So the reason I thought that this whole like maglev thing using a uh, varying fields to act like a wave to push the train was so cool is because that's more or less how a particle accelerator works. Mm -hmm. But instead of magnets, it uses electric fields that alternate and kind of move in waves to push and pull the particles along. It's, it's like a maglev is like a, it's like a particle accelerator with humans in it. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It's like a really big scale particle accelerator, except instead of particles, it's trains. And instead of colliding them into stuff, hopefully <laughs> it just gets you to California. Or, or the Long airport. Yang Road <laughs> Station in the <laughs> middle of <laughs> Podunk, Shanghai. Yeah. I have to say, though, that, that train station had like five stories of food. So whatever. It's fine. Food malls. Food malls. Um, so is that all we have to say about magnetic trains? I think so. I hope you learned something other than um, our vacation. <laughs> oh, I, I think you need to talk about one more thing. What's that? Ice fantasy. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I know this isn't really science-related, but I really This is think not science-related at uh, all. Not at all. Um, but I think some of you would appreciate this. I don't want to make it super long, but uh, there was one night in the hotel room where uh, we were just, like, chilling because we were hungover from the night before. Uh, Decided not to go super hard that night. Yeah, and I was just, like, channel flipping, and I stopped on this uh, channel that was showing, like, snow elf guys with like with like crowns and they had like final fantasy swords and we didn't know what was going on and i fell asleep after like five minutes but it looked ridiculous and then Reed ended up watching the whole thing but I and uh yeah basically the the it's like it looks like game of thrones and lord of the rings with a with like world of warcraft swords and it's mixed with a telenovela yeah. or like a really just thick cheesy soap opera yeah and Reed loves it already, and we're he wants to watch it without any subtitles because he doesn't want to know what's going on. But that's the plan. Okay, so that was Ice Fantasy, and that was Maglev. And that was China. That was China. Thanks and that was Family and the Matters. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. <sighs> uh, yeah. So we'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.